Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin. I'm the editor-in-chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, today I'm delighted to be joined by Tony Judd, who is the Managing Director, UK and Ireland for Verizon Business. So, Tony, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me today. Hey, Max. Good to be here and thanks for the invite. Very welcome. And before we get into today's topic, would you mind giving our listeners a brief background on yourself? Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, I'm a, what am I now? I'm 54 years old, uh, been in technology, been in telecoms all my life. Uh, started in BT as an apprentice through cable and wireless. Uh, and been in Verizon uh, seven years now, heading up solutions originally for EMEA and now managing director of our, of our UK business. So, so yeah, man and boy technology. Excellent. And a great decision to make to get into technology because uh, it's an industry that never stops and continues to grow. So, Wait, it's certainly going through some changes right now, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. So it keeps, it keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. And that's why we have these conversations. And today we're going to be discussing the human-centric business and our relationship with machines. And I know our regular listeners are twitching at me just saying generic machines so i'm going to start off by asking if you wouldn't mind setting the scene and ask what are we referring to when we say machines how ubiquitous have they become in the workplace uh, at this current state i think it's um you know machine it's anything that just replaces repetitive tasks you know simple decision making so you know whether that's a you know chat bot in a call center or, or closer to home if i if i look at verizon and um, just give a couple of use cases there uh, we've employed you know machines for our customer interface so if they report faults into us there's actually three engines sat behind so they identify what the customer's saying correlate it to known network faults and alarms um, obviously looking at other data sources and then provide updates automatically uh, to customers. Uh, another good example is um, tax exemption certificates. Always a problem with uh, matching exemption certificates to invoices when it was manually done. Uh, we've now got a blockchain and machine learning in place, so they automatically correlate. But I suppose, you know, the, the other thing is, you know, this this whole trend, and they're everywhere and every part of our daily lives at the moment. And I think that's going to continue as well you know as we move more into the the, the real-time enterprise um and, and you know we start to see things like edge compute you know supported by 5g etc enable technologies like artificial intelligence video etc to do to do new things um and 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 you know create new new ways we can employ machines to do things that weren't done before you know whether that's checking somebody or as a surgeon uh, we've got a great use case with some technology we've adopted or, or helped a, a partner adopt in verizon where we do uh, help surgeons uh, portray holographic images live onto patients so you've got that 3d visualization going on uh, as they as they as they actually interact with the patient so so yeah they're, they're Machines, they're everywhere. They're, they're growing at an, an amazing rate of knots. 
I've probably gone over the board there, Max. But uh... <laughs> no, I think I can uh, I can have defined machines better myself. So so excellent job on that one. And you're hundred percent right. It's it's there to kind of be that automation to help workers to help leaders and it's definitely something that is going to be consistent for businesses for the next five ten years and is only going to grow and i feel like the workplace is going to adapt to machines rather than the other way around and it brings to an interesting point when you look at leadership in organizations and how from your perspective what kind of relationships do leaders need to work towards to make these machines really seamless in an organization? That's an interesting question. You know, I think, first of all, it's it's about, and we'll probably touch on the human element at the moment. I mean, but just talking about uh, machines and, and, and embracing technology, you know, such that it's pervasive and data-driven, it, it really comes back to the, the bionic organization. So, you know, the, the head, heart and hands message of, you know, head, um, you know, envisage an organization and the big rocks, heart, inspire and empower people uh, and hands execute innovation with agility. And, and you know, really, the in terms of the leaders interaction with machines, it's those things. It, it, it's about imagining what's possible and then and then leading humans to do what they do best, which are the, the human elements of creativity, to, to try and understand <clears throat> future use cases uh, that can be applied to these things. You know, but moreover, it's just that leadership of, of their people and the human beings to embrace machines properly, whether that's technology adoption uh, and actually using them. And actually the pandemic's been a, a really interesting situation in that it's forced people to adopt technology where they wouldn't have done uh, before. I've got two, two friends of mine, uh, the CIOs in um, uh, legal firms, and they've been trying to get lawyers to uh, use you know, just collaboration technology for a year and, uh, and just refuse to everything had to be face-to-face and, and, and everything else. And they'd, they'd done, spent fortunes on change programs, et cetera, trying to drive adoption. Never worked. Pandemic's just forced it. And, and actually, the lawyers are now saying, actually, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, the, 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 they're, they're being more paperless in the way they work. But they're also getting th- things done quicker because, you know, you know what the whole legal situation is. You lock yourself in a room, you, you sweat it out for hours, and then you arrange a meeting a week later and then go back in the same room and sweat it out for hours. Now they're more dynamic. They'll have a 20-minute meeting. They'll reach a point. The two parties will go away, do a little bit of research. They come back the same day. So, you know, just just a good example of of where the leaders, in terms of their relationship with machines, it's more about how they actually lead people to adopt machines, to visualize new ways machines can be employed, etc. I don't know if that answers the question, Max. Yeah, definitely. I think it's up to a leadership role to kind of implement machines in the best situations to speed up processes. And as you say, free up people for tasks that are more human based, because I, I, I personally don't believe that certain tasks were ever really meant for humans. You know, those repetitive day in, day out. It's just, um, it's not good for the employee. It's not good for productivity and it impacts the business at the end of the day. So if you can alleviate those stress areas, then 
you can open yourself up to that innovation and you're 100% right. The conversations I've been having where the adoption of everything from cybersecurity to um, data plans to, you know, cloud, these are stuff that I I chat about every day because they they are such important elements that have really increased over the past six months. And uh, I feel like we're only going to increase further. Yeah. The other part is, is just, you know, in terms of leadership and, and you know, whether you're going to, to board level down, it, it's basically understanding that you, you need to invest to unlock. And it's that, it's that, it's that cycle. We, we know that, you know, and just being personal to Verizon for a minute, you know, we know that organizations of the future are going to have to have a software divine virtualized network as a service type infrastructure. They are going to have to have zero trust um, uh, security architectures. They are going to have to have, you know, end-to-end management tools and systems. They are going to employ edge compute and, and, and things like, you know, 5G more pervasively. But the business case to adopt these yeah, isn't so clear as it used to be. You know, if, if we take 5G and Mac as an example, it's a real chicken and egg situation. The the, the use cases or the, the, the application developers that can build the brand new use cases that have never been used before are probably slow in doing it because the technology is not pervasively available everywhere so it can scale. And you get into this, this cycle so, so yeah, but back onto the leader's relationship with machines. It's about relooking, you know, longer term at what you need to do to invest in technology uh, to actually, you know, deliver a, a new point B enterprise at some point over the next three years. And the business case isn't as clear as it used to be. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it's, uh, I don't envy anyone who's in that position at the moment to be looking ahead for a six month or a 12 month forecast and trying to pick where it's going to be the best way. Another thing I wanted to obviously look at here is we've spoken about the relationship between uh, leaders and machines and predictive and where that goes as well. But a big impact of bringing in these machines into an organization is to benefit employees, which we've mentioned as well. Um, And a lot of this can impact, you know, helping with staff turnover, um, absenteeism, productivity, profit, there's so many different factors to consider. So talk to me about the relationship between leaders and the human employees as well, when they have to divert focus to different tasks. The, the overall objective of the leader is to, to maximize uh, or encourage human attributes or the use of human attributes. So whether that's the human overrides automation the human um, uses, you know, ethical or moral qualities to, to basically override machines. And, and, and ultimately, the, the human provides those human qualities that, that mean you build relationships, you build trust. And, 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 and so the leaders, you know, very much involved in terms of, of, of encouraging employees to, to start to, you know, let go of the things that can be automated, those repetitive tasks, and actually reimagine themselves in terms of, you know, what what can I do to actually deliver more value to the customer, to my organization, and actually have a, a better time, you know, myself. And, 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 you know, part of that is just, 
it's that whole um it's a psychology of uh of moving people out of their comfort zone because we all know that i think the, the regarded state is 98 percent of people you know live in their comfort zone just doing what they do because it's comfortable and and so the leader's job is is to get them out of that get them you know into the fear zone and then and then you know that then leads to the learning zone and that then leads to the growth zone so where they find their purpose they set goals and and you know whether you whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship that that whole concept of breaking people out of their their comfort zone is just so important and and so important for a for a leader to do because ultimately we all know that when we are in the growth zone we've all been there in our lives on and off at times it feels great you know that and, and you know you mentioned max in terms of staff retention and fulfillment etc when you are in that growth zone it just feels marvelous and uh, you won't leave a company if you're there that's for sure yeah definitely and it, it's keeping that uh, growth zone and keeping that interest of employees going uh, which i think is a big challenge as well to kind of keep people innovating because it's difficult you can't be doing it 12 months out of the year it would be nice <laughs> for productivity but yeah, um yeah. It, it's a difficult thing to do and it, it's striking that balance and and using the tools available to to make that effective uh one conversation that we always have to have whenever we talk about machines and you know whenever i have these ai conversations as well uh the conversation always comes up about human job security right um it, it's yeah. always a concern and I feel like I've done enough of these to pacify people, but it's always good to say it again. But from your perspective, what would you say to pacify concerns that machines are replacing human jobs? Okay. So so I think, first of all, when the, the pandemic amplifies this, um, organizations need to change their cost base. We, we, we can all see the troubles in our own country at the moment, um, whether it's large enterprises, but especially, you know, in the in the SME marketplace, um, the viability of businesses is, you know, a concern right now. So organisations need to change their cost base, and, and that's the most important thing. You know, we can hang on to things, but it just mean there'd be greater pain in the long term. And if you look at recent history, organisations have fundamentally changed their cost base by doing things like offshoring, etc. So, um, and whereas now we're seeing automation uh, come into play more, and, and so offshoring less as a as a as, as something of which to outtask those repetitive jobs, uh, et cetera. So I think, you know, that, that, that's the first point for me. The second point is, you know, we shouldn't look at it about machines are placing jobs. We should look at it at the, about we need to create value and we need to reorientate humans to create value uh, where, they, where they didn't fit value before. You know, the world's moved on. We're in the internet economy now. And, and the internet economy, as we know, is you know, it is pretty much monopolised, you know, by the likes of you know Amazon, Google, Apple, and organisations that own the value chain end to end. You know, they own the device, the operating system, um, the web apps. Uh, they influence the buyer. They you can purchase with them, and, and they fulfil. You know, organisations need to understand technology, understand how that can enable them to get closer to their customer and to deliver a better customer experience, whether that's front office or back office. 
So I suppose it's inevitable that we are going to have to use machines uh, to stay to stay viable. Um, and 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 if we don't use machines, then the whole economy organizations start to collapse and then we've got a far greater human problem in our hands then as if we use, than if we actually just embrace lean in and start to use technology and machines yes definitely it's um whenever i kind of have this conversation uh, especially people outside our industry uh it's always good to kind of remind people that you know human beings as nature we change we evolve we we find ways to make tasks and jobs easier and this is just one of those things and people will be able to reskill or um new job markets will open up because of different areas where things get shifted um and it's just an evolution process at the end of the day yeah so it's uh for me personally it's a very exciting time and seeing the growth over the past five to ten years and heading seeing where it's heading now um and what's kind of on tap for the next five or ten years is uh is very exciting and that nice little segue leads me on to my last question so i wanted to ask from your perspective here tony when we're looking at the future of the next five ten years i know it's difficult to kind of predict but from your perspective what would you expect from the human robot split um, in offices, in organizations uh, as we kind of move forward? That's a, that's a nice, easy question, Max. <laughs> so so I, I, think, I don't think you can make the direct comparison because we're, we're looking at a new world. The, the, the world's going to be, um, you know, completely different. I, I, I read somewhere that in the next eight years, there's going to be, $15 trillion spent on IoT-related devices. So that, that, that really sort of gives a sense of, of the world we're looking at is going to be completely different to the world we live in today. So, you know, whether you take healthcare, where we're going to have new levels of, of, of healthcare monitoring of, of, of us in our cars, in our homes, you know, in hospitals, um, that that whole collaborative expert approach at bedside or you know in your house or at home, it, it, it's not replacing things that existed today. It, it's new. You know, education's a, a, a great one because obviously we've been thrown right into the pandemic, and we've seen teachers teach our kids or try and teach our kids, you know, the same curriculum using the same materials that they taught in the classroom, and it's suboptimal. And then, and then you look forward and say, well, you know, what about when you've got augmented reality and virtual reality? Um, you know, there's just limitless experiences and options. You know, you, you talk about irrigation of fields in North Africa. Well, bang, you could be in North Africa talking to the farmer about what he's done with irrigation. I mean, the, again, it's sort of like you're not, you're not comparing today to, to that experience. You know, manufacturing has probably been automated for a long time in terms of production lines, but you know it's been hardwired. It's been physical, repetitive tasks. Yeah, the next level in manufacturing, which you know things like five G and and Mac uh, will enable, is just you know wireless, uh, autonomous type manufacturing with intelligence sat behind it, um, video analytics. Yeah, so again, the 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 whole production line. Uh, becomes more dynamic, more agile than it was before. But, you know, we've seen all the use cases with public safety, you know, surveillance, 
again, using video analytics and, and things like that. So, you know, the, the point of it is, is it's not about what's the split. It's about the fact that we're going to live in a brand new world um, that, that can't be compared to what we've got today. It would be my answer to that very difficult question. I was going to say, very good answer for that question. I like that a lot. Uh, and always difficult to answer where we're going to be in five to 10 years when whenever we, we talk about tech, isn't it? So uh, you're, you're 100% right, though, in terms of what we're seeing and that evolution into that kind of new world, as you put it, is exactly the best way to put it. Because um, these conversations I had, these I have about machines and tech, it feels wrong to put such a broad label on it, but it's the only way we could kind of compact this podcast down to uh, cover all areas because there's so many different ways we could take this and, and delve into, and maybe we will on a, a future podcast. But Tony, all I can say is thank you for coming on today's episode and walking me through everything we've discussed today. Thanks, Max. It's been a, been a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this. We hope you took a lot away from uh, this conversation. Uh, please feel free to start or join in the conversation on our socials at Ian360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with another episode in our Ask the Expert series. Until then, if you're looking for more great daily content, then please head on over to Ian360Tech.com.